can you believe we get to do this? And you know what, as I said to you last week, some of you have seen it. It's right down at the bottom of the stairs. Some of you have walked by it. You've never noticed it. Some of you have saw it and thought, oh, but then there's some of you I know like me because every time I see that poster, I get goosebumps. I get goosebumps. I think, oh my gosh, can you believe we get to do this? And in that, we talked about the fact that what we do and what we have is not common. It's not ordinary, amen? The life that we lead is special. The life that we lead is special. But sometimes in our Christian walk, we can be guilty of getting complacent about what we have and we begin to take it for granted. And we, get, we can sometimes get to a place where we take it for granted or we lose the magnitude of what it is that we actually have. We are saved and on our way to heaven. Our eternity is secure. We have a direct line to a God who saves, a God who heals, a God who delivers, a God who restores, and a God who does so much more. Amen. And as we said last week, there is nothing common or ordinary about the God we worship. And there is nothing common or ordinary about the life we lead. Amen. And we looked at the scripture in Acts chapter 10, and this is where Peter receives the vision. Do you remember the clean and unclean? And Acts chapter 10 and verse 14, but Peter said, not so, Lord, for I have never eaten anything common or unclean. And the voice spoke to him again the second time, what God has cleansed, you must not call common. God has done amazing things in all of our lives, amen? And when God has done something, we shouldn't treat it as common, or we shouldn't call it common, or treat it as, ah, yeah, yeah. You know, we've all done that, yeah, about something. We shouldn't take it for granted. As we said last week, the virgin birth, that's amazing, amen? His precious blood shed for you and for me amazing amen that's not common that's not ordinary you see when we take something for granted then it becomes common to us when we get complacent about something or take it for granted it becomes common to us and what it is is we are now seeing it as not such a big thing anymore it's not really an important thing and we've lost the wonder of it all we begin to devalue what we have don't we we begin to get begin to get complacent about it and we were reminded last week that church is not common. Amen? Church, coming to church on a Sunday morning, that's not common. That's not ordinary. Amen? That's not something to be devalued. You were able to get up this morning, get yourself washed and dressed and out the door, and you were able to come to church freely this morning of your own free will. You were able to come in and sit in a comfortable chair amongst people who love you and care about you. You're able to feast on God's word this morning. Then you're able to go downstairs and have tea and coffee and stuff and chat to people who love you and care about you, as you said. That's not common. Amen. The gospel is not common. Salvation is not common. The joy and the faith that we have is not common. The hope that we possess, that's not common. Amen. What we have is special. What we have is actually spectacular, church. Amen. We're not living a common or an extraordinary life. And I know you could say to me this morning, oh, Angela, if only you knew what I was going through. And I understand we go through stuff. We live in the world. Amen. Jesus told us we were going to go through stuff. Amen. And, but why I say all this is because if you have made Jesus the Lord and Savior of your life, then your eternity is secure. 
your eternity is secure. So no matter what happens, no matter what comes against you, no matter who comes against you, you can put a smile on your face and say, it is well with my soul. Amen. Amen. Not everybody has that assurance. Not everybody has that assurance. If you're sitting here in church today, then God has done something in your life. He has led you out of bondage. He has led you out of darkness. Amen. You are saved. You are forgiven. You are loved unconditionally. Amen. That's a miracle. That's a big deal. That's not to be sniffed at. Amen. Can you believe we get to do this? Amen. As I said last week, you should never take your blessings for granted. Amen. You could be on drugs somewhere. As we said last week, you could be in a drunken stupor somewhere. Or as I said last week, God allowed me to say it, and I was like, this is harsh, Lord. But you could be dead right now. Amen. But no, you're not. You're sitting here in your Savior's house, safe, changed, with your eternity secure. Amen. Amen. There are people in the world, church, that are sick, they're lonely, they're depressed, they have no hope for their lives, no hope for tomorrow, no hope for their marriage, no hope for their kids. Amen. That's what's common. Amen. That's what's common. Your life is extraordinary. Don't forget it. Amen. And you know, I'm saying this to you, but I've been saying this to myself. You live an extraordinary life. Amen. Don't lose the wonder of it all. Can you believe we get to do this? God has done so much for us. We need not forget it. Amen. We shouldn't be forget. Let's not be people that forget. Let's not be people that lose the wonder of it all. Amen. And the wonder of what we have. Our God is a healer. He's a savior. He's a deliverer. He's a protector. He's a provider. Amen. And he's our God. And he has blessed us so much. Think about it. Think about how much God has blessed you. Think about where you were and where you are now. Amen. Look at where he's brought you from. That's not common, amen? We're not living a common life. And we need to start acting like it. We need to act like it, amen? Amen. We need to show our appreciation to God. We need to be thankful, amen? Because John 10.10 says, we all know it so well. The thief does not come except to steal, to kill, and to... You should not be here right now, church. But God has rescued you, amen? You are like prisoners that have been set free. Our hearts are free, church, amen? Our chains are broken. We're not bound anymore, amen? Before we came to God, as we said last week, we were like dead men walking, dead women walking. We were lost. We were dead, amen? What we have now is not common. We've been raised from the dead. We should be shouting this from the rooftops, amen? Do you remember we looked at last week the 10 lepers, Jesus healed 10 lepers, but only one of them saw the wonder and magnitude of it all. Only one of them came back to glorify God. Amen. Only one of them saw fit to come back and give God the glory for his healing. Only one of them realized, wait a minute, this is a miracle. This is not common. This is not ordinary. Only one of them realized, I'm not taking this for granted. Maybe the other nine will, but I'm not. I'm going back to glorify God. Church, you don't have a common life, amen? God has cleansed you. God has saved you. You are on your way to heaven. And we can't forget this. What God has done for us is not a small thing, amen? And we can't treat it as nothing. We can't allow ourselves to get bogged down with routine and the busyness of life and forget who we are and who we have 
and what we have. Amen? Amen. God doesn't want us to forget. He doesn't. Remember, we looked at scriptures last week. He doesn't want us to forget. He wants us to remember. Why does he want us to remember? So that we can pass it on. Amen. Amen. We can pass it on. When God brought the Israelites through the Jordan on dry land, what did he tell Joshua to do? He told him to get 12 stones and set them up as a memorial. Set them up as a memorial to remind the children of Israel what God had done for them. Joshua 4.24, we see it there, that all the peoples of the earth may know the hand of the Lord, that it is mighty, that you may fear the Lord your God forever. God told them to do this so that it would be a reminder, amen? This memorial would be there as a reminder. It would become a talking point. It would stir up conversation, amen? The Israelites could pass on what God had done to them. They could tell people what God had done for them, amen? Look at all God has done for us. He has brought us across the Jordan on dry land, amen? We need to tell people what God has done for us. And you know what? We don't need to take stones and set them up as a memorial out there on the bridge. Amen. We can do better than that. We have the Savior of the world living on the inside of us. Amen. We don't need stones. Amen. We can tell people. We can show people with our lives. We can let them see what we have and how powerful and great our God is and what an amazing life that we have. Amen. Rebecca, my baby, she recently got chicken pox. Now, let me tell you, there's nothing normal about our family. (laughs) Normal people get chicken pox when they're kids, don't they? They get kids. Rebecca waited until she was 22. 22 to get chicken pox, okay? So, obviously, in the lead up to the chicken pox, we didn't know that she had chicken pox. Until the spots came out on her, we didn't know that she was carrying this virus. And she was everywhere and anywhere, and it was only when the spots came out on her when we were away on holidays, by the way, because when else better to get chicken pox than when you're on holidays, amen? We're away on holidays and all these spots started to come out on her and we, the realization dawns, this girl has chicken pox. And we're like, oops, where has she been? Who has she been in contact with? And we're trying to step back in the last few days, you know, who, who she'd been in contact with because she'd been carrying this virus. And as they told, the pharmacy told us, you know, this virus is highly contagious to people who have never had chickenpox before. So we're rattling our brains trying to think who she's been with because she's been carrying this virus. She could spread this virus. Because you have to remember, Rebecca got it from somewhere herself. Somebody was carrying the virus that she came in contact with and gave it to her, amen? And it goes on and on and on. Amen. We didn't realize that she was carrying something so highly contagious until it was too late. And this got me thinking, we as Christians, we're carriers, aren't we? We're carriers. Why does, you know, when we talk about being carriers, something is almost always associated with negativity, but it doesn't have to be. Amen. We're carriers of something good. We're actually carriers of something very good. Amen. We're living the dream. We're living the dream. We're living the dream because we have the Savior of the world on the inside of us. We are carriers of Jesus. Amen. We are carriers of the good news. We should be highly contagious. Amen. The dictionary definition of the word contagious is likely to spread to and affect others. Likely to spread to and affect others. So our lives and the way we live our lives should be highly contagious. Amen. It should be likely to spread to and affect others. 
our lives and what we have, church, to be highly contagious. Amen. People watch people. People learn from people, don't they? People copy people, don't they? People are turned to things by people. People are inspired by people. People are turned off by people. Amen. It's the way we're wired. God created us and designed us, designed us to live with other people. Amen. We're meant to interact with others. Have you ever noticed, a silly example, but have you ever noticed that if you park in a car park and you try to park your car away from others, the next car that drives in, you are almost guaranteed it's going to park beside you. Amen. I have watched this. This is true. Amen. I say it to end every time. You could be sitting in a practically empty car park and a car will drive in and park close to another car. Why? because they want to be close to other people. It's subconscious, but that's how God designed us, amen? That's what God wanted for us. He designed us to be together. He designed us to work together. And the world fights it. The world is trying to separate people, but that's not going to work because that's the way we're designed. It's the way we're created. So people will always be drawn to people, amen? People are watching our lives. Church, people are watching my life. They're watching your life. And they're deciding whether they want what we have or not. Amen. Scary, isn't it? They're deciding if they want to be infected by us or not. So that's why, church, it's so important that we don't lose the wonder of all that we have. Can you believe we get to do this? Amen. There are people around us every day, amen, who need us to hold on to that wonder. There are people out there who need to be infected with what we have. We should be so contagious that they can't escape catching what we have. Amen. We're carrying the answer. Amen. We are carrying the solution to every issue that they have. Amen. We are carrying the key to the security of their eternity. So why will they not catch it from us? Well, one of the main reasons I believe is we're not being contagious enough or we're not being infectious enough. Amen. And why are we not contagious enough? Why are we not infectious enough? Well, maybe it's because we've begun to treat what we have as common and as ordinary. Maybe it's because we've lost the wonder of it all. As I said to you, I've been teaching this to myself, amen? I've been teaching this to myself. We need to be out there living our lives like lights in the darkness, amen? We need to be spreading this amazing God who has blessed us so much, we need to tell people what Jesus has done for us, amen? Because when people hear and see the change in our lives, they'll be drawn to us like magnets, amen? Because they'll want to know what caused the change. What is it that caused the change? Do you not believe me on this? Do you believe me on this? Are you with me on this? I mean, it's hard, isn't it? This is tough. I was like, whoa, this is a responsibility, amen? But we can do it because he never leaves us and he never forsakes us, amen? He's with us every step of the way. He gives us the strength. We can do all things through Christ who strengthens us. So we can do this, church, amen? Let's look at an example of somebody in the Bible who did it, somebody who didn't lose the wonder of what they had. Mark chapter 5 and verse 1. They came to the other side of the sea to the country of the Gerasenes. Okay, so Jesus has come across now, and he's come across over to the Gentile side, right? Chapter or verse two. When Jesus, when Jesus had stepped out of the boat, immediately there met him out of the tombs a man with an unclean spirit. He lived among the tombs, and no one could bind him any more, not even with a chain. For he had often bound, he had often been bound with shackles and chains, but he wrenched the chains apart and he broke the shackles in pieces. No one had strength to subdue him. Little observation here. 
We can try and remove our bondages ourselves. But unless Jesus do it, you will yeah. never be free. Amen. You will never be truly free. That's just for free. In verse 5, night and day among the tombs and on the mountains, he was always crying out and cutting himself with stones. Isn't that so sad? And when he saw Jesus from afar, he ran and fell down before him and crying out with a loud voice, he said, what have you to do with me, Jesus, son of the most high God? I adjure you by God, do not torment me. For Jesus was saying to him, come out of the man, you unclean spirit. And Jesus asked him, what is your name? He replied, my name is Legion, for we are many. And he begged him earnestly not to send him out of the country. Now a herd, a great herd of pigs, see, Gentiles, was feeding there on the hillside. And they begged him, saying, send us to the pigs, let us enter them. So he gave them permission, and the unclean spirits came out and entered the pigs. And the herd, and the herd numbering about 2,000, rushed down the steep bank into the sea and drowned in the sea. The herdsmen fled and told it in the city and in the country, and the people came to see what it was that, they, that had happened. And they came to Jesus and saw the demon-possessed man, the one who had the legion, sitting there clothed and in his right mind, and they were afraid. And those who had seen it described to them what had happened to the demon-possessed man and to the pigs, and they began to beg Jesus to depart from their region. I don't have to explain that to you, do I? Huge. This guy, loads, loads of demons. He didn't have just one demon, he had a legion of demons. And Jesus sets him free. The man is naked, cutting himself in tombs. And when all the people come to see what had happened, he's dressed and in his right mind sitting with Jesus. But they're afraid. They're afraid, and naturally they're afraid. And because of their fear, they begged Jesus to leave the area. They begged Jesus to leave the area. You see, they didn't understand what had just happened. And we're always fearful and weary of something we don't understand, aren't we? You got to hand it to these people. Like, they're Gentiles, amen? This is serious. We're talking demons here. Like, we're Christians. Do you want to confront a demon? No. Imagine a Gentile confronting a demon, amen? Not knowing what to do with him. We're talking about demons here, pigs jumping over cliffs, amen? They're fearful. They're afraid. They need time to process this event. And I love this because Jesus has just done something huge here, and now they're asking him to leave. And he's not phased. He's not phased. Why is he not phased? Because you see, he has a plan. He's left something behind. Amen. He has just injected somebody with something so potentially contagious that it can change the whole area. Amen. He has injected something so contagious into somebody and he has left that person there to start infecting others. Look what it says in verse 18. As he, Jesus was getting into the boat, the man who had been possessed with demons begged him that he might be with him. Wouldn't you want to go with Jesus? I would. And he did not permit him. This is what Jesus wouldn't allow him to come with him. This is what he said to him. Go home to your friends and tell them how much the Lord has done for you and how he has had mercy on you. And what did the man do? He went away and began to proclaim in the capitalists how much Jesus had done for him, and everyone marveled. You see, Jesus told this ex-madman what he is telling us to do. Go tell your friends. Tell them how much God has done for you. Tell them how much God has shown you mercy. Church, can you believe we get to do this? This is what he's asking us to do, amen? amen. We're to tell our friends, our neighbors, our co-workers, our family members how much the Lord has done for us how much God has shown us mercy, amen? We're to let them know because what we have is contagious, amen? What we have is infectious in a good way. We should never underestimate what we have. 
It is not common and it is not ordinary. We should be proud to tell them, church. We should be excited to tell them. We really should. And you know, as like this is tough, I know, but we should, amen. We really should. The man that used to live at the tombs, he didn't underestimate what had happened. He didn't treat it as common or as ordinary, amen. He realized what had just happened. He wanted to go with Jesus. That's how much he realized it. He was a dead man walking. He was a dead man walking very painfully, amen. This guy was hurt, broken, bound, amen. He was tormented. He'd been bound up by his peers who were probably terrified of him. Oh, he was able to break the chains and the shackles in the natural, but he couldn't get free in the spiritual, amen? He was a dead man walking, and now Jesus had set him free. And Jesus told him, go tell everyone what God has done for you. Go tell everyone what's been done for you. And that's exactly what the man did. That's exactly what he did. He went to the capitalist and he told everybody, amen? He told him how Jesus had set him free, how his chains and shackles were, were not there anymore. He was free from them. He told him how Jesus had shown him mercy and had compassion on him, how he had come out of darkness and out of bondage. He told him everything. And I am sure he did it with passion and enthusiasm. He didn't take it for granted, amen? He didn't treat it with complacency. He didn't think, woohoo, I'm free. Where will I go next? No, he didn't. He went around the capitalist with the attitude, can you believe I get to do this? How do we do this, Lord? Church, how do we know that this guy even did it? Well, if you jump over a chapter, Jesus, remember, had left. Jesus comes back to the area, right? So Jesus left. He's done other things. He's come back to the area. Mark chapter 6 and verse 53. When they had crossed over, they came to the land of Gennesaret and moored to the shore. And when they got out of the boat, the people immediately recognized him and ran about the whole region and began to bring the sick people on their beds to wherever they heard he was. Wow. And wherever he came in villages, cities or countryside, they laid the sick in the marketplaces and implored him that they might touch even the fringe of his garment. And as many touched it were made well. When Jesus came back over to the other side again, people recognized him. Why did they recognize him? Because the man from the tombs had told them all about Jesus. He had told them. He had told them what Jesus had done for him. Amen. He was changed. He was dressed. He was in his right mind. He had been set free. He had been healed. And he had told them. Amen. He was in awe of what Jesus had done. He was full of the wonder of what Jesus had done. And he told them. And now these people are not afraid anymore. Amen. So much so that when Jesus comes back, they embrace Jesus, amen? They embrace Jesus. And look, because of that man telling those people what Jesus had done, they were able to embrace Jesus. They're not afraid of him anymore. And Jesus was able to do so much more, amen? Healing after healing. Can you believe we get to do this? You know, it's always amazed me that Jesus left so easily when they asked him to do it. But you see, Jesus had left the proof of his power with them. Jesus had left the light in the darkness, amen? Jesus had lit the flame. He'd lit the fuse. Church, you are that light in the darkness today, amen? Jesus has lit a flame in you. There is proof of God's power in you, amen? Can you believe we get to do this? Church, this is special, amen? This light that we have is special. It's unique. Don't allow your light to go dim. Don't lose the wonder of it all and allow your light to go dim, amen? Don't hide your light. 
Your light should be on a light stand, the Bible says. Amen. You're supposed to let your light shine in front of everybody. Why? So that they may glorify God. Amen. Don't let your light go dim. Mark chapter 16 and verse 15. And he said to them, go into all the world and proclaim the gospel to the whole creation. This is not common. This is not ordinary. Amen. God wants us to take what we have, what's been given to us, and go and share it with the world. Think about it, church. Think about it. How can we not? What we have is amazing. Amen. It's wonderful. It's sought after. It's contagious. We need to spread it. Amen. Amen. You know, I'm a chickenpox expert now, right? (laughs) Apparently, they've come up with a vaccination now against chickenpox. Bit too late for us, but anyway, praise the Lord. But you know what? As time goes on, scientists are coming up with vaccination after vaccination against all types of sicknesses and diseases. Praise God. That's a God thing. Amen. Unfortunately, though, the world is working hard at vaccinating people against Jesus. Isn't that? We need to be on our game, church. We need to be on our game. And the best way, I believe, to be on your game is to constantly remind yourself of the wonder of it all. Can you believe we get to do this? Amen. When the man at the tombs proclaimed how much Jesus had done for him, the Bible says everyone marveled. You see, he told them. He was filled with awe and wonder, and he told them with passion and excitement. Amen. And his passion and his excitement was contagious. They couldn't help but hear it. Amen. They couldn't help but receive it. You know, we were at home the other day, and Enda, we were in the kitchen, and he had a sport radio on. We're very spiritual in our house. Sport radio is on. And did you know, oh, church, did you know Harry Keane has left Tottenham Hotspurs? He has left Tottenham Hotspurs and he's gone to play with who, Enda? Bayern Munich. Bayern Munich, yeah. yeah. Harry Keane has left Tottenham Hotspurs and he's gone to play with Bayern Munich. Huge. Girls, this is huge in the world. Amen. This is major. Massive. <laughs> so we were at home and we were discussing this. We obviously, before he made the decision to go, oh my gosh, who did he think he was? Anyway, I know he's a Tottenham Hotspurs fan. But anyway, he, before he had made the final decision to go, before it was announced, you know, people were coming onto the radio and discussing, but there was this guy came on, right? Now I'm sitting in the kitchen and I'm thinking, what's going on here? He was talking about Harry Kane and how Harry Kane is going to leave Spurs and Harry Kane should leave Spurs and Harry Kane should do this. And Harry should, and oh, oh. The man could hardly talk. He was so passionate about Harry Kane. He was so passionate about Tottenham Hotspurs. The excitement in his voice, he could hardly speak. I actually, we just looked at each other and smiled. All of a sudden, the presenter, actually, he was so passionate and so excited and so wound up and so ready to burst that the presenter had to say to him in a nice way, I think you need to calm down. (laughs) Amen. I think you need to calm down. I think that's how the man from the tombs was. He was so passionate, so excited about what Jesus had done for him that they were probably almost telling him, you need to calm down, amen? When the people of the capitalists saw how much this man's life had changed for the better, it couldn't be denied. The wonder of it all, the magnitude of it all couldn't be denied. They were looking at, and live, they were looking at the living and actual proof of the power of God and the change in this man. Can you believe we get to do this? Church, you are the actual living proof of the power of God. Amen. You are the actual living proof of the power of God. God has done so much in your life. You are so blessed. You have so much hope. We need to share it. Amen. We need to be excited about what we have. The little clip we saw earlier, 
the son comes back from college, she brings the vomiting bug into the house. Love when our kids bring things like that into the house, like vomiting bugs and chicken pox and all that. So Axel brings the vomiting bug into the house, and you know, excuse me, none of them want to get it. Obviously, nobody wants to get sick. So as the, pro, the pro episode progresses anyway, the other members of the family start to get the vomiting bug. And Sue, his sister, right, homecoming, they're on the verge of homecoming, and she has a really important job to do. So she decides, okay, I need to get this sickness over with. I need to get this now and over with so that I'm not sick for homecoming. Just look what happens really quick. You know, she was all over him. She was trying to get his germs. She wanted him. She was so eager to have what he had, amen. And when I saw that clip, I thought, wouldn't it be wonderful, church? Wouldn't it be wonderful if people were reacting to us like that? If people were going us and chasing us down, wanting, I want what you have, I want what you have, tell me how to get it, how do I get what you have, how did you get what you have? Wouldn't it be wonderful if they were chasing us down for it? Because that's actually how it should be, amen? We should be so infectious about the life that we live and so infectious about the wonder of salvation that people should be queuing up wanting to hear all about it, amen? Did you notice what her brother said to her? These are my germs. Get your own germs. <laughs> and you know, that's funny. But sometimes I think that we've got so complacent about what we have and the wonder of all we have that I wonder subconsciously, are we actually giving off the vibe? This is my life. Talk to the hand. I'm quite busy today. Don't know if I can really share what I have. Don't know if I have the confidence to share what I have. Thought-provoking, isn't it? <laughs> Church. What we have is so special. It's important to remind ourselves that on a daily basis. That's what just I wanted to remind you today. The woman at the well, you remember her? She was changed totally by her encounter with Jesus. She actually left her jar and went back into the town to tell people what she had discovered. She didn't waste any time. She recognized the wonder of what she had just witnessed. She left her old life behind and went to tell people in the town all about Jesus. She was full of awe and full of wonder. And the result was in John chapter 4 and verse 39, many of the Samaritans from that village committed themselves to him because of the woman's witness. He knew all about the things I did. He knows me inside and out. And they asked him to stay on, so Jesus stayed two days. A lot more people entrusted their lives to him when they heard what he had to say. They said to the woman, we're no longer taking this on your say-so, We've heard it for ourselves and we know it for sure. He's the savior of the world. Church, we just have to tell people. Yeah. Amen. Amen. And then they'll discover it all from themselves, for themselves. Because just like the woman at the well, you too have a story. You too have a testimony. Amen. And when you share your story, when you share your testimony, people will listen. Amen. And then they'll go on and they'll get their story and their own testimony. And it'll go on and on like that. Amen. Can you believe we get to do this? We have the Savior of the world living on the inside of his church. Can I remind you of that this morning? We have to stop treating it as common and ordinary. As we said, there's nothing common or ordinary about the God we serve. Church, there's nothing common or ordinary about the God we serve. He turned water into wine, amen? He healed a man's eyes with mud, amen? He fed thousands of people with only five loaves of bread and two fish. He paid his taxes from a coin from a fish's mouth, amen? He spoke to a sea and it became calm. He walked on water. Amen. He reattached an ear that had been cut off. He brought a child back to life. He brought a man out of a coffin. He called a man out of the grave. Amen. And even after all that, he allowed himself to be so beaten that you could be healed. He allowed his own blood to be shed so that you could be forgiven. 
Amen. And he walked out of the grave so that your eternity could be secure. Church, we need to get back to the wonder of it all. Amen. We are carriers of something wonderful. And some of us don't even realize it. And some of us did realize it, but sadly, maybe we've forgotten or we've got a bit complacent about it. Like I said, this is what this little series has been about, just to remind you, to remind you that if you've got to that place of complacency, remind yourself, can you believe I get to do this? The wonder of everything that we have, amen? We get complacent. We can. We can get complacent. We can forget what God has done for us. We can get bogged down with life and the things going on around us and forget that we are carriers of the answer, amen? We have and we know what the world needs to hear. We are the hope on earth, amen? Let's stand for a minute. We're going to... We're going to sing a song that I love. Um, praise God. I just wanted one more scripture just before we close. Can I just tell you? I want to read it to you from the message version. 1 Peter chapter 2 and verse 9. But you are the ones chosen by God. I want to encourage you this morning. You are chosen by God. Amen. Amen. For the high calling, calling of priestly work. Chosen to be a holy people. God's instruments to do his work and speak out for him. To tell others of the night and day difference he made for you from nothing to something, from rejected to accepted. Church, we need, as we speak out to him, we just need to tell them there's a night and day difference as the scripture says, amen. We are changed because of Jesus. The difference is night and day, chalk and cheese if you like. We need to tell people, amen. Passion Translation says it like this. He did this so that you would broadcast his glorious wonders throughout the world. We need to be on our game, amen. The world is hurting and they need what we have. Let's not lose the wonder of it all. Let's not get complacent. Let's not take it for granted. Can you believe we get to do this? Amen. Amen.